Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. Got Vinny Duber in the Mizzou sweatshirt. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And it is AJ's fault that this title is Shohei Otani focused. You know, I know that the guy that makes all the decisions with the White Sox said they aren't going to sign him. But in this fantasy world that our CHGO diehards give us, uh, why not have, have some fun? So maybe... You know, there will be an opportunity, uh, a moment in time where Vinny or Herb, you'll be face to face with Shohei Otani in the back of a limousine trying to, you know, woo him have to coming been, to Chicago and play kidnapped? for the White Sox. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's the diehard question. So we're just playing by their rules. Uh, we're going to jump into some kind of AL Central news, free agent news first, and then we'll jump into the CHGO diehard mailbag. Uh, But again, uh, we do have a Black Friday sale going on. Vinny's going to tell you about it in a second. But while you're listening to us, go check out chgolocker.com. I know Vinny just bought a hat. Um, I know that there's uh, hoodies that are $10 off. Uh, I think you can go get the size C shirt. This is a great time to invest. I think you can get it for $3. Yes. So if he is... bucks. Yes. If they don't pull the trigger... I mean, you could have a size C shirt for 2024 uh, for a great deal, uh, you know, for those 12 games that he might pitch for the White Sox in 2024. It's a great time to jump in now on the size C shirt. Uh, and shout out to our guy, Connor Smith, uh, with the super chat saying Baines's 110, uh, oh, had uh, 17 seasons of an OPS plus of 110. Willie Mays had 20. Uh, so that's wow. the elephant in the room <laughs> that Willie Mays was better than Harold Baines. Well, but but I think not. The point is that Harold Baines was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. He was three seasons worse than Willie Mays. Well, you notice Connor didn't put what those OPS pluses for Willie Mays those twenty times actually were. They were just one ten or better. They could have been much better. One eighty, one ninety. He is Willie Mays after all. And oh, yes. Baines is just <laughs> scraping by with those one tens, <laughs> scraping by. Yeah, I think the worst out of those 110s was a 120. Okay. For Willie Mays? Yeah, uh, the best a 185. That's pretty good. That's very good. Um, He's all decent. Right. He's all right. You know who's decent and all right? Hmm. My guy, Sonny Gray. He just got three years, $75 million from the St. Oof. Louis Cardinals. So the Twins get worse. And uh, right before that, Kenta Maeda signed with the in-division rivals. He pulled the Jason Benetti. He signed with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, two years, $24 million for Maeda. And we heard a little bit. Uh, when the GM meetings were starting, that 
the Twins are looking to cut back payroll, they aren't going to have two of their best pitchers on their staff next year. Uh, the elephant in the room was that the AL Central sucks. Got worse with Sonny Gray leaving it. I mean, the team that won the AL Central got markedly worse, I would say. I mean, Sonny Gray was fantastic. Maeda was fine, obviously still working his way back from those injuries. Um, but the idea, I think, is that he could be pretty good again. If that's going to be the case, it's going to be with a team that isn't the Minnesota Twins. The thing that the Twins did better than anything last year was pitch. Uh, you go ahead and look at their lineup. It was not terribly ferocious. Obviously, they got some names in there. It's a solid lineup, certainly. But it was not nearly as good as their pitching staff was, and now their pitching staff is down to starting pitchers. So um, I'm not going to say that the door is open here for the White Sox to just waltz through. But if you want to talk about what everybody else seems to be talking about openly, you know, be it Chris Getz or Jerry Reinsdorf saying that this division is not that good, this division is now worse, A, because Sonny Gray is out of it, but B, most importantly, because the team that was at the top is worse and it doesn't mean obviously that they can't go ahead and get better the Tigers you would argue got better by getting Kenta Maeda but to dilute that uh that competition a little bit more um the Twins do not seem to me to be any sort of big king of the mountain other than the fact that they finished in first place last year because somebody had to yeah and I think that uh Kenta Maeda would be the more White Sox-like signing because of the low number, him being like a guy who at the second half of the season was more um, in control of what he was. Like the first time he came back last year off the Tommy John wasn't the pitcher that we expect Kenta Maeda to be. The second half of the season, much more Kenta Maeda. And so the, the Tigers, I think, got a good steal right there. $12 million a year for a pitcher that's usually going to give you, uh, what, 120, 140 innings a, a year, and it's going to be solid in the mid-threes to upper four or the low fours. That's what would be the pitcher that I would have saw the White Sox to be in the market for. But since he's not of the Twins, he's going to the Tigers. You look at that now, Tigers' uh, rotation, while not great, decent. Like, they have some pitchers in there that you're like, all right, I see what you're doing, Tigers. You're all right. You're coming up. You're the team that I've always thought them to be because we saw last year they had some players just a little do a little ascending at the end of the year. Now, for Sonny Gray, if anybody's offering you $25 million, be it the Cardinals, which I don't know, they're starting an AARP team out there. They got Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and now, I mean, no, he's only 33, but – Sonny Gray. Like, you throw in the two guys that they had already. Herb, I saw a thing, a, a stat on Twitter today. The average age of their five-man rotation is 35. <laughs> Steven Matz is the Steven other Steven Matz and, and uh, uh, Miles Michaelis. Oh, yeah. Ooh, like, yeah. It's a solid signing. And if anybody's throwing $25 million at you, you sign quickly and you don't ask questions. Is he worth $25 millions in the open market? Yeah, because the Cardinals gave it to him. But would the White Sox or any other team uh, in the division pay him that much? I don't think so. This, I think the Cardinals had a specific reason for paying him. They want to get back to Cardinal baseball, which is pitching first and then the solid hitting. So congratulations to him. I am so glad he's out of division. Sean will be becoming a St. Louis Cardinal fan because that's mm, his man, Sonny Gray. It. But I thought that the Kenta Maeda move would have been a good move for the White Sox just to have a – back end of the rotation piece, a solid veteran like him. But they can get those guys. They're, those guys are around anywhere. And so I'm sad that he's in Detroit now because that team is going to be a little bit more formidable than I think people are giving him credit for. Herb, I'll tell you this right now. If the White Sox would have signed Kenta Maeda and then traded Dylan Cease as they might be rumored to be doing – uh, Kent Maeda would be their number one pitcher, not a back end of the rotation pitcher. True. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Hey. Uh, I'm... You're not a Kent Maeda fan? 
I just hate the White Sox so much because, again, this guy got the job, Chris Getz, and he said, well, the elephant in the room is the division we play in. The elephant in the room is that your owner won't spend. And this is apparently not a rebuilding year. Again, I like to go with revamping. Mm-hmm. It sure looks like one. Show. Oh, boy, does it, Vinny? Oh, boy. Uh, that's why I just thought the question about the budget was so important. Uh, you know, at what that budget would be, because we see the twins, you know, they're like, hey, this is we're, we, we're, we expect our budget to be down from last year. White Sox, I don't think they want to answer that number because, again, I don't think they're going to be in the Kenta Maeda market. I don't think they they're going to be signing be a pitcher for 10 plus million. Oh. No. You said that, and I... What, are they saving up for Otani? No, they're just saving up for a, a pitcher that can just give you innings. Like, yeah, right now they have people that could actually be in the rotation, but you need a solid person that you know is going to go out there and give you 130-plus innings. And 130 is on the low end, and they don't have anybody right now that can give them 130 besides Dylan Cease, who they're actively looking to trade. I just think that, again... The owner came out and said, we're going to do this as fast as we possibly can. And just every move this offseason doesn't seem like they're doing it as fast as they possibly can. This might be as fast as they possibly can. Ugh. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm serious. Like that might, obviously that's going to make everybody upset. But I guess my point being that like nobody said, I hired Chris Getz so we could compete for the AL Central Championship in 2024. Mm-mm. He said, as fast as we can. And judging how Chris Getz evaluated this organization, the fact that he has already stepped in and made is seems to be intent on making pretty significant changes all the way throughout. Somebody else might have come in and came to that same conclusion, but as Jerry Reinsdorf explained, oh, that might take another year. This might be as fast as the White Sox can get it done, and maybe that means 2025. Maybe it only means one year of, of what we said, looking like a rebuilding year, but um, we'll see how it ends up. There's a lot of offseason left, and they've already been – relatively active so far so the would you guys say the tigers are the favorite right now to win the al central in 2024 uh, no guardians twins. i would say twins yeah really they're they're worse still, but they're still better still than everybody offense. else right and they have they're offense that relies on two guys that are literally in wheelchairs for half the season hey man when they do get out of the wheelchairs and royce lewis hits the ball hard it's gone and carlos correa and then bright uh, byron buxton those people can put ball bat to ball with the best of them once they're healthy, which is very, very seldom. They cleared the division by nine wins, 87 and 75. Tigers were at 78 and 84. Uh, they still have Joe Ryan at the top of their rotation. <laughs> they do. And they might they might one day uh, get a Tyler Malley, right? I think that he's still <laughs> oh, under, under contract. They yeah. And they traded two good people to the Reds, too. And Carson, and Carson Strand, and I forgot the other guy, but they both... Steer. St- yeah, and Steer. They're both starting for the Reds and doing pretty well. They still got Pablo Lopez. Uh, their rotation looks like Lopez, Ryan, Ober, Chris Paddock, who did come back uh, the near the end of the year and was absolutely... Uh, lighten up the radar gun so they might have something there uh, and then louis varland uh, who's only 26 years old uh, their uh, lineup looks like eduardo julien uh, royce lewis jorge polanco carlos correa max kepler byron buxton batting six what a fall from grace real great uh matt waltner seven ryan jeffers eight and willie castro nine uh tigers rotation looking like Tarek schoolball kenta maeda matt manning reese Ol- olsen and casey mize their lineup looking like parker meadows Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Kerry Carpenter, Mark Canna, Matt Veerling, Zach McKinstry, Javi Baez, and Jake Rogers. Uh, I don't know. I think the White Sox, again, if they weren't cutting their payroll, if they were spending near 180, 190 million where they were in 2021, 2022, 
2023, I don't see how they wouldn't be competing with the Tigers or the Twins. Um, I think you're talking about spending an awful lot of money on pretty few, on a very small number of roster spots, right? Because because you, know, you still got because you still, my point is you still got you still got Vaughn, you still got Moncada, you still got Benintendi, you still got Robert. I mean, that's half your lineup right there. Uh, you still have Jimenez, obviously, who is, that's more than half your lineup right there. At least three, I would say f- three or four of those guys, probably four of those guys, you uh, probably have a pretty big question whether or not they're going to be good at all next year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. After but, what mean, you saw this year? Yeah. I mean, four four of those five guys had di- very disappointing seasons in who, 2023. Who would you rather have as your DH, Byron Buxton or Lo Jimenez? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, is it, but here's the thing. What, what is Aloy Jimenez going to be? What is he going to do? I don't know, but what is Byron Buxton going to do? They're both, I mean, there's so many question marks in this, he's done in this division. Yeah, but he can't play a game. He's more fragile than Aloy. I think there, you make that case. I, I guess think Aloy's played I'm, more I guess games in the past five years. You're, 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 you're painting the picture of a world in which they would spend to fill gaps at shortstop, second base, right field, and, and on the pitching staff, which is... A good idea, but my point being, all those other guys have to com- have to play well. They have to produce in order for them to be a threat to win that division. I think it's there's a possibility that they could, but if you're going into the season with the core of your lineup being a total mystery, I, I mean, know. how how can you confidently say like, oh boy, they'd run away with this thing if they only would just go get two or three free agents? They they just made a win now move to get Andrew Benatendi. They're stuck with him for four years. They're stuck with Moncada for another year. Mm-hmm. Aloy, you have the option to cut him next year with the team. Uh, like, I don't know. It just seems like they're kind of folding shop one year too soon. Like, I feel like they could have just pushed this corpse one more, like, time down the, I don't know, like, we're at mile 20. Yeah, but theoretically, this, they're and, still and maybe are, they right? Still cross, they could know? still just say, hey, you guys didn't reach the the level I wanted for Cease. Throwing him back there. All these people are coming back, and we can win the AL Central. I can hear Chris Getz saying that because he looks at the Twins and says, like you, Byron Buxton, he never plays. And we know Reese Lewis is going to be hurt. Carlos Correa's always in a wheelchair. Hey, man, we need a little – them. they need – our luck, and we need their luck. And we, we're right back in the driver's seat for the AL Central. And a little tweaks here. Maybe Jake Eater becomes good, and Estrini comes good. Or we get Mike Soroka, Michael yeah, but, Soroka being well. But that's a, a lot of luck. If they were A lot. But that's if, what I'm saying. They need, a, they need to be rolling sevens every roll. It seems like they have one foot in and one foot out. One foot in is in the rebuild mode. We're going to trade Cease. And then one foot is, you know, we're going to hold on to Cease and see if his value goes up in 2024. Well, it's, it just seems it's like. It's November. Right, but, but you know now Maeda goes off, now Gray goes off, now Lynn goes off. Maeda and Gray would have been fine signings, I think, because you would have you know around what like twelve to ten million a year, right? If you get them for a year or two, I think you know Maeda was two twenty four, so that would have been twelve. Yeah, it would have been like Gray just got twenty five a year. Yeah, no, I said Lynn though and Maeda, so like obviously not twenty five a year. But you wanted Lance Lynn back? No, but I'm just saying, like you know, if you were gonna just try to fill out the rotation with the best guys at that kind of Lance Lynn, Maeda level of like 12 to 10 million. That's three spots you have to fill. Then you have Cease and, and Kopech there. Like, I don't know. Or, or you could even invest in Giolito if you want to. Like, I know that that's something that you've brought up before. I just think that this team can finish better than, like just outspend the rest of the division at Easily. this point. They could, but will, but will they hit? 
I don't know, but like, <laughs> I, I, but like, why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you have Luis Robert. I just feel like there might be some argument to just say we have to do it because we have this player. I don't know. You, you were so. only gonna have this player for four years. You why aren't you trying so. to max out the four years that you have of Luis Robert? I would be doing that. I think most general managers, where they see this talent in Luis Robert and how relatively inexpensive he is, would be doing that. But the Sox right now have another plan. And maybe in this winter meetings, they surprise us and go and get not a great player, a good player that's like, all right, that is a move that you want to go to good players. They need like five to eight good players. But maybe they go and get a medium like Teoscar Hernandez. They go and get him. Would you be like, okay, that's a move for... Who's pitching? They'll, they'll get other pitchers. But if it's Teosco or Hernandez, would you be like, oh, this they're going for it? No, it's... it's no, that, no. That's a weird move. Let's if they see. just... If their main headliner is Teosco or Hernandez. I could see them like, coming it's, away it's with either, the... It's either the headline asking, is, we traded that? Dylan Cease or we signed Teosco or Hernandez. I don't know. I think just trade Cease. Isn't that what you're just asking them to do, though? Go spend money? And that's spending money on a position. Yeah, but they no, need. no. I'm saying right. just like if the move is only Teo, if like if it's Teoscar Hernandez and who's the equivalent to Clevenger, like if they make two moves again, which I mean they already have made these trades. I don't know. It I just, know what you're saying. The, the AL Central looks pathetic, and it, it seems like the Tigers might be the. But favorites. don't you think they can say training. to themselves and fool themselves and say what you're saying? The AL Central is there for the taking. We don't need to do much of anything we just say right here where we're at last year was a fluke come on guys that was a fluke 2024 will be the White Sox year because we'll have all our players healthy we have the defense that we need now with DeJong and uh, Nicky Lopez up the middle and now we're ready to compete that was our problem the air is up the middle and not hitting we know that these guys are going to do this that and the other I guarantee they're going to fool themselves and trick themselves into believing that even if they don't do a lot in this offseason they'll still think about we're going to be competing in the AL Central because, you, like you said, it's right there for the taking. Do you think the White Sox are really a 61-101 and 101 loss team? I don't. I think no. that everything that possibly, uh, possibly went wrong like was wrong on a level that we haven't seen before. There was a, this season was so, so bad, like on the other side of like anybody's imagination. And so they're thinking like, we got rid of the two people who caused this. We got new fresh blood in here. He brought in some defensive players and now we're going to be refreshed. We're going to be, this is a new organization. We're ready to go. I guarantee they're going to be thinking that. And with this division right there, I don't blame them that much, but yes, I would like them to be like you were, you're talking to be bully, to be a big-time bully in the AL Central and say, you guys might develop people better, but we got the money. We can pit 180 while you guys are pitting $100 million out there and get a better team than you guys do. That does not line up with and kind of what Chris Getz has been saying. It seems like he wants a vastly more significant amount of change. And it also doesn't line up with what you guys were saying all season long and me as well watching this team, right? I mean, I think to say that they could bring back basically everybody with a few pitchers added, you know, or spending money on the few pitchers and a right fielder or something, and boom, all of a sudden they're great again. Well, I never said that. I mean, you're expecting – well, they're I good enough they to win, win the, the division. AL Central, which is a, the worst division That's, in the history of that, baseball. That is, ex- that is expecting the kind of – turn. That is, that is putting – that is a lot of faith Lots. being placed with all not a lot of actual evidence to back it up because all we've seen from these guys – 
Again, I'm not saying it's not possible that they couldn't finally have a healthy year in which they produce. But when you're talking about four or five hitters that you're like, all right, fingers crossed, this will be the year. This will be when it happens, even though the last three it didn't happen kind of thing. That is a very difficult way to make a plan. And to say that that plan would would also work, to bank your offseason on that plan working, and then where are they? And then where does that put them a year from now? That's that's a risky roll of the dice. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems stupid to trade Dylan C's too. Um, it, it just I I hate where we are. I guess like the idea of trading Dylan C's and just hoping that they have to get the package right just makes me nervous. Because I, I we they have one of these guys has hit his potential, and if Luis Robert Jr. plays. 145 to 155 games in a season we can expect anywhere to like five to seven war and i wouldn't really i I even hate putting the cap on seven yeah um because i mean we know that he can just be a power speed threat and have the defense and literally be a five tool player um so i don't know it just seems it just seems stupid to waste that window and the more and more i think about trading dylan cease and just seeing how much the division is for the taking i just think that you just get rid of Rick Hahn and hopefully Chris Getz's new way of thinking with defense would allow you to be more sustainable. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're just not going to have But the defense is year. what? You just got Paul DeYoung instead of Tim Anderson. That's the, I mean, that's, that's worth the move. Like 10, 10. That's the move? <laughs> well, that, that fixes all your defensive problems? I never said that. <laughs> but, like, what? I mean, you're, you can't fix Benintendi. I mean, th- to you answer cannot. your question, yeah, that's what Chris Getz believes, right? He's like, if their defense improves, our pitchers will be much better because they'll be in the zone. Someone will be walking people. So our, by default, you know, the presence of those two guys makes our pitching staff better, and then we're going to be a better team. But that's, that's, just one, that's just one position. You need to improve defensively. They did. They're reportedly going to improve defensively at shortstop. They've already improved a little at second base, but who knows if Nicky Lopez is going to be the everyday guy. They have yet to improve defensively in right field, and they've still got – or catcher, and they've still got uh, subpar defensive players in left field and at first base. Right. and They have two two good defensive players on the field. And their efforts seem to be more focused on trading Dylan Cease. So all of this is just wasted breath. Like, they're not going to go out and sign – three pitchers or a right fielder it does seem like it's going to be a rebuild or so, yeah. perhaps a quick one but that's the way everything looks at the moment yes. yeah usually those rebuilds are quick i mean what more than one way more than one way to skin a cat to use your favorite phrase took their took their <laughs> last one and we're going to talk about this in a second it took their last four, one four, four years, years to, yeah. to to come to fruition so well, more well, than that well if you, at the end of 16 so 17 18 19 so only three years i guess well of being it bad. never came to fruition i think is the point it took seven years to not work, right? It's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, it, it, a, it is a failure. Yeah, it is a failure. But it was showing some fruits, and then they didn't add to the fruits. They just like, all right, yeah, we're right. good. A- after twenty twenty one, they're like, there's no way this team could possibly get any better. We're just still gonna stay right here. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's take a break then, and we'll jump into the mailbag so people can stop yelling at us about the title. Okay, we get it. Hey, Shohei Otani's hey, not gonna come to the White Sox. Hey, it got you here. <laughs> 
Gotcha. Gotcha ass. <laughs> uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. Our friends at Circa Sportsbook are the world's largest sportsbook. And tonight is Monday Night Football. So, hey, you might be looking for some entertainment. You might be looking to place a wager. Right now, the Bears are uh, getting three points uh, against the Vikings. It is going to be taking place in Minnesota over under a 43 and a half. You got props on fields over one and a half touchdown passes at plus 190. Fields over under 197 and a half passing yards. Fields to throw an interception at plus 110. I think five out of the seven games he's been in, he's thrown an interception. Uh, Fields to score a touchdown, plus 200. Uh, Khalil Herbert over under 53 and a half rushing yards. Roshan Johnson over under 22 and a half rushing yards. Herbert to score a touchdown, plus 155. Roshan Johnson to score a touchdown, plus 395. The point that I'm trying to make, even my coworker Cole Komet to score a touchdown, plus 285. Um, point we're trying to make is, there's a ton of options that you can bet with Circus Sportsbook, and they want you to download other sportsbooks, see the options, and you'll see that each and every time you're going to be getting the best bouts with our friends at Circa Sportsbook. They are very proud of their low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. They want you to go to each and every sportsbook. If you like a certain prop, if you like a certain line, they want you to go seek the best line out there, and they want you to if you're going to be laying money down, win the most money possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their customer service is uh, unmatched. Uh, there are real people behind the Circus Sports ba- brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion. Unlike other books who use chatbots, all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circus Sports book at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates that will be coming up with our friends over at Circus Sportsbook. If you or some you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB, 833-234, or visit com. Herb. Midtown Athletic Clubs. There are four locations. One in the northwest suburbs, that's Palatine. One in the north shore, that's Bannockburn. One in the southwest suburbs, which is Willowbrook. And the one that I frequent and went to today is the one is Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in Bucktown's in Lincoln Park. So it's a beautiful facility. Awesome facility. Six floors. Like the hotel's in the fourth and fifth floor, but the sixth floor is beautiful. The second floor is where I worked out today. Oh my goodness. The Les Mills body pump. I'm telling you, take the class. The people walk you through. As a new person who doesn't usually take group classes for working out, they, they walk you right through. Leslie was my instructor today. Just an awesome class at 930 in the morning to get your Monday and your week started off right. The Midtown Palatine has launched a new multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be completed in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year. There is something for everybody. If you're a single person or, like me, have a fiancé, which we went today. She got a massage after our workout. Beautiful saunas, beautiful showers. Everything is good there. There's families. I think Kevin took his family there to learn how to play tennis and have some tennis lessons. Anybody looking to make lifestyle changes or holistic lifestyle changes, you have all that there for Midtown Chicago. And one of our people said that Midtown Chicago is the nicest fitness club that they've ever been to. And that's echoed by myself and my fiance, Courtney, because she was blown away by how extensive this place and how country club it looks and so it is very exclusive very luxurious there and the locker rooms they're just so luxe and i 
you know, you have that thing where you're like, oh, there's too many people walking around. They're all naked. Midtown's not like that. Very classy joint. Don't worry about <laughs> people just walking around naked in the locker room. They're, they're very reserved. They're, that should be the tagline. I'm telling you. Like, that's, I, I know people are scared about people just walking around all naked. Midtown's not like that. It's gym quality is up elevated up to boutique boutique fitness boutique fitness quality instead of just regular gym quality you would think you're in some type of like country club instead of a fitness center right in the middle of lincoln park in bucktown and one of the things they have they have seven different rooms where you can work out I was in the arena today, a high-intensity interval training, samadhi for yoga. There's Everybody Fights, which is the boxing place, the ride place, which is for spin and cycling, the field, and the theater. The best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Mintown in, has indoor and outdoor courts for pickleball, tennis, paddleball, and USTA professional quality all the way. Right now, stop what you're doing. Head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You'll have a great time at the tour. And you're, you're going, right? I'm going tomorrow. Oh. So I'm very excited. Uh, and that's a great tagline. Uh, Midtown, not a lot of Nick guys. So thank you, Herb, for that Feels one. good. <laughs> it's good, good to know. Uh, <laughs> I try to look up, I think Harold Baines' stats in those 19 seasons, or the 17, 17 seasons, he had an OPS plus of 124. I think William Mazes was in the OPS plus range of 155. Mm. So, so you're hey. telling me Willie Mays better than another baseball player. The odds are that that will be correct. I would say so. Considering uh, there might be only one or two ever that were better than him. Harold, Harold <laughs> Baines's war was 38.8. Willie Mays's war was? In over 100. 163. Pretty damn good guess. 156. Okay. Um, so he won a whole season just by himself. Yeah. I guess that, yeah. I guess that makes sense. He yeah. won ev- almost every he in a season. If you were to distill his career to one season, he by himself with no teammates would go 156 and f- and four or and six. Excuse me. I, I don't know if that's the exact data. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, <laughs> four players have more career war than Willie Mays. Name them. Uh, Hank Aaron. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is number one, 182.6. Hank Aaron. Eh. I'm gonna. Hank go. Aaron is seven. Uh, Michael Jack Schmidt. No. Mm. Rogers Hornsby. No. Mm. Ty that, Cobb. That era, though. Ty no, Cobb. No, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, six. Uh, I don't think Michael Jack Schmidt is even top ten. Nat Blagueway. No. I just like saying his name. <laughs> no. Think, think, think of an award. Oh, Cy Young. There you go. Oh, Cy Didn't Young. never won his own award. Well, that's true. Yeah. And uh, another pitcher. Roger Clemens. Nolan Ryan. No. Older. Uh, Sandy Koufax. No, he didn't play Walter that long. Johnson. Walter Johnson. Wow. There you go. Herb with the Walter and Johnson. Then is that all of them? There's only three? Yep. Uh, the Big Train. Uh, Cy Young. Uh, oh, uh, you didn't get... I think there's one more. There's one more, yeah. I'm sorry. There's one more? There's one more you didn't get. Position player? Yeah, position player modern. King Griffey Jr. Mm, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Oh, yeah. Uh, 162.8. Lamont, Lamont Bonds. Really uh, good. 162, Barry Bonds. 162. He won a whole season's worth of games by himself in his yes. career. Uh, about that? Babe Ruth, uh, I guess, 120. I don't think that's the math, Vin. But, again, <laughs> Babe Ruth, 182.6. Uh, so he, he won a whole season and some. Uh, so those those Yankees, he, he was with Lou Gehrig. So I guess. Yeah, pretty good. Did they win anything? Hey, there's, a reason they, there's a reason they uh, 
always compare everybody else to the 27 Yankees. That's true. Where are they on? That, that's them? Huh? That's them? Oh, yeah, that's oh, Babe Ruth okay. and Lou oh. Gehrig. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And others. Who knew? Um, all right. Uh, let's jump into the mailbag. Uh, let's pay off the title. Sorry we did this. My bad. But you're I'm, here, so I'm stay. so sorry. Uh, but our dear friend AJ, uh, it's baseball kid, uh, wrote in this very long mailbag. <laughs> Say the White Sox are on the verge of signing a major free agent, a major Salute. award. <laughs> Timely. Thank you. Uh, they have matched slash exceeded all of the team's offers, and the player and his agent come to the Sox and ask, why should we sign with the Sox and not on the, any other club? Money is not the most important object for the player in this scenario. You, you, are tasked by the White Sox with making this pitch, explaining why signing a long-term deal with the White Sox is a great opportunity, what the club has to offer them in the present slash future, etc. What is the pitch? Herb, Vinny, who wants to start? I'll go ahead and start. I mean, I will start by saying that while uh, I love the spirit of the question, the question is flawed. Yes. Because obviously the thing that matters the most in these nego- in these situations is m- money. We have, they have matched slash exceeded all other teams. Well, offers. then if they have exceeded, yeah. if that's important, match versus exceeded. And, if and if exceeded, money is not the most important object. I understand, there, but it is. It's quali- <laughs> but he's saying the, qualifi- will the qualifications answer, have been made, Vinny. I will answer the question. I'm just saying it very much necessitates them offering the most money which they have in this scenario okay (laughs) well so then he's gonna sign there it's easy as that but we live in a society the answer to the the answer to the question that i have is this city and i don't necessarily i'm not trying to say like oh shohei you'll love the art institute you you'll can give you as many hot dogs as you'd like i just think the idea is that this is a city that is in its sports culture and baseball culture, uh, it is not that is not replicated very much across the country, uh, across the league. In this case, we'll say there you can count on one hand the number of places where, if you are the best player in baseball and you are driving this city's baseball team, one of them, to championship level status, you will become god in this city. Uh, all you need to do is. Think of the two words, Michael Jordan. And I don't think it's outrageous to say that you that one day by the time this is all over, Shohei Otani might be the Michael Jordan of baseball just because he is doing things that nobody else has ever done before. I think there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people across the world that will grow up wanting to do what he's mm-hmm. doing. Um, and the impact that you can make doing it f- with Chicago across your chest is larger than the impact you can make doing it with a lot of other cities across your chest. I'm not saying that it's the only one. Uh, you know, there are a, a couple out on the East Coast that, that come to mind, um, and there's probably a very big difference between having it say Dodgers as opposed to what he just experienced having it say Angels. Uh, but being the king of sports in this city is a big, big deal. Um, and uh, I think even already being the best player in baseball for the last, let's say, two years or so, and playing next to the guy who was and might still be the best player in baseball for a, you know the last decade plus, um, you have no idea what that is actually like because you've been doing it for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And no offense to that team, but that but Orange County is not Chicago, and I think that uh, it is an entirely new world that you can open in terms of your stardom 
in terms of you, the way that you are treated and the way that you are looked at, not just here, not just nationally, but globally, if you do it playing for one of these two teams. And I concur with that opinion, but I would also add that do it in New York and you got to compete with the names that Sean has mentioned. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez. You're up there. You're in the monuments, probably, but you're in the monuments. You're one of the best. Do it in L.A., same thing. You're part of the history of a lot of people that have done it for the Dodgers. Go anywhere else. Pretty much is going to be the same thing. You do it here for the White Sox. There is one clear offensive juggernaut in White Sox history, and it's Frank Edward Thomas. You can surpass him, and Frank doesn't pay for any drinks here. Frank doesn't do anything. And look at Frank post-career. He's selling everything. Dick pills, whatever you want. He's selling all of that stuff. Shohei, you want to sell to Japan? You're in for life there. Go to the Cubs, you're in for the, the party. And maybe you become a superstar, but after a while, they're just going to forget about you. And let's not forget the way they treated um, Kosuke Fukudome at the end of this career and with the, some of those shirts. So hmm? we've, had, we've had Japanese players here before. We've had Kosuke Fukudome here. We've had Shingo Takatsu here. We've had Tadahito Aguchi here. So Ask them how it was here. Winning a championship, Tadahito Aguchi can come back to Chicago today. And everybody like, man, Tadahito, you're a hero. We love you. Briefly played for the White Sox. What, 10 years maybe, if that? If Shingo Takatsu is in the same bar as Connor Smith, he's not drinking until I mean, Connor leaves his, his side. Very true. Like, you can write your own thing here. Like, this is your city. It's not you're part of a long tradition of winning. You come here, you win here, you're Juan Uribe, who's revered in this town. And he wasn't a great player. Revered in this town. This is Aaron your Rowan. Yes. You're Juan Uribe. No, I'm just saying, like, the worst. <laughs> Pretty the, good pitch. Like, the, like the, players, me the players that are just regular are superstars here because they won here. More than anything, the Bears, 85 Bears. That was 40 years ago, almost. And those some bitches don't have to do a damn thing Shit. in this town, ever. Because this town loves its sports, even though its sports doesn't love this town. And so, so Shingo Takatsu is, came here wanting to win a championship. He did. Same thing with Aguchi. Now you can be the next Japanese star for the White Sox and put your own stamp on the White Sox forever and not be part of the Yankees lore where you just missed in there. You're going to be up there with Frank Thomas. You're going to be the same name and maybe even greater than him. Think about any pitchers that you've had here. There's not a lot of Hall of Fame pitchers. You can be a Hall of Fame pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Imagine that. The Thunderbolts just signed their manager half because of sales tickets. Thank you. I mean, Bobby Jenks is now your manager of the uh, Windy City Thunderbolts because of the 2005 Jeff Plum hit one home run his White Sox career. Do you think Jeff Blum comes to any Southside establishment and pays anything? Do you think his name is not revered in every Southside home? It is. But you're going to be much better than that. So that's what I'm talking about, Shohei Itani or any other free agent. You come to Chicago to build your own legacy instead of following other people. So this is where you need to be. And it's easy to fly in, fly out. We have a world-class airport, too, so don't even worry about that. You're, you're thinking too small, Herb. You're thinking too small. And I, I think that for a player, 
the caliber and the status of Shohei Otani. It's about can not can you become the next guy who a generation of fans love. It's can you become the next guy who every generation of fans love. There are plenty of kids that were born after 1998, yeah. and every single one of them comes to this city and goes to the United Center to look at the Michael Jordan statue. Yeah. You could, you could be talking about kids who are born 20, 30 years from now, years after Otani's done playing, years after they would ever have seen a, a, a game of his on TV, and guess where they'll go? They'll go to 35th and Shields to check out that Shohei Otani statue because that's the kind of player he is, and to do it in, that, in, in a city like this, that's the, way you be, that's the way you go from the best player in baseball to one of the most important cultural figures of all time. And I think that... He's thinking, okay, Chicago's great. Why not the Cubs? I got to just say, number 21, Sammy Sosa lit this city on fire for years. Now these people don't act like they know him. Number's not retired. He's not in their Hall of Fame. None of that stuff. He's the fifth best player in their history. So you want that? You want them to to forget you because you corked your bat? Or you did steroids? Well, maybe just don't yeah. do those things. I mean, big asterisk I mean, on that one. I mean, they, they, they were cheering you when you were doing it, and they knew it. They cheered your ass when you did it, and that other side of time will forget your ass immediately once you're gone and vilify uh, you. Here, we will not vilify you if you're a champion for us. Every that's, Cubs fan I know loves the shit Herb, out of Sammy Sosa. Herb, that's just incorrect. And everything, every, not okay. only did, does everything I say apply to uh, about – Playing for the White Sox would apply for him would apply to him playing for the Cubs. It'd probably be much easier for him to accomplish that playing for the Cubs, given that they have a more nationwide the brand. Older, the ownership hates Sammy Sosa. I'm bringing him back until he like gets on his knees to beg to for them. Yeah, and their ownerships are uh, the owners are weirdos. Exactly, and that's who's given the pl- who's given the plug. Yeah but, yeah, but the White Sox. I mean, every owner is a weirdo. I mean, what what weird what owner is not a weirdo? But. If the player played for Jerry Reinsdorf, that player's loved forever. That's the one benefit of Jerry Reinsdorf. These Ricketts, while they might be better owners, they forgot the best player in the 90s for the Cubs who brought all this attendance to them. I mean, they had Jim Tomey pitching Bryce Harper. Um, It seems like, you know, I mean, even though Jim was here for a fairly short time, Mm -hmm. he's very proud of, you know, the time that he spent here in Chicago. I mean, And nobody say a cross word about Jim Tomey. Even though he was a guardian slash Indian more, most of his career. Right. And he and hit a walk-off home run as the twin. I think Bryce even asked him about Philly. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I mean, he, he, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, I get it's a silly topic, like Edwin's saying. Uh, we understand they're down. Uh, and yeah, but they're downsizing. It's about, the, it's about the exercise more than it is about the uh, reality. You know yeah. how fun it would be for four straight months to just talk about the downsizing of payroll, having a GM with no track record, and a stadium location that will probably be moved uh, in five years or Not so? That stadium location is very fan-friendly. It's the most fan-friendly to get to. Right off the expressway. We have cars and the L and the red line and the green line. And the metro. And the metro electric. Mm-hmm. Not fan friendly, ridiculous. Very, Very fan friendly. friendly. Yeah. It's surrounded by well, parking lots. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, just yeah. The one thing I mean, the owner doesn't. They need to figure. Out. How did someone get shot? That was still the, one of the craziest stories. It's, it's still going on. Well, they came out that they came out saying how it happened. Wait, they it didn't. Was, Nobody. I mean, they. No. That was well, Peggy. it was because it was it would, the gun was in like the rolls. Yeah, like, but that like, was and then it like that fell. Was, that was not confirmed. That was, those were rumors. Okay, no, that was, that was not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Last we heard was Jerry telling us that it couldn't possibly have come from within the stadium. That's the last we heard about it. I don't believe there's been any reports or anything from the police since. It's oh. going to be like that guy who uh, escaped from the plane and then never was seen again. D.B. Oh. Cooper? Yeah, D.B. Cooper. Cooper. Just nice. never going to be answered. He's going to live his life forever. The person who shot that bullet going to be unknown forever. Yeah, I think the last... Well, she spoke. She spoke with ABC7, and it was under... Um, it was She didn't show her face Correct. or, or yes. her voice. Um, she said she didn't have a gun on her. Um, but, I mean, whatever. Getting away from the topic and everything... The pitch, I think, is, again, the loyalty. You could name it Shohei Network, the TV network that they're about to make. I mean, you could just make him the mascot. Like, not not to be, but like, hey, we are the, the Chicago Otanis. Like, I mean, he is he is everything about your team. I think if you're, somebody in the, um, in the Discord said that maybe give him ownership stake. Yeah, hey. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't, think, I don't know if that's legal. In the CBA, but you know, try anything. Yeah. Get creative. We'll give you one percent. You know, we'll get we'll get we'll give you three percent. Shark Tank, right? Yeah, that's all that it says. Um, all right, let's take another break, and then we'll uh, let you know about other mailbag questions. Uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Uh, the Ray family had us out for their Toys for Tots event, and I know that went uh, very well. Uh, and uh, right now is the time to stop in. Uh, over at our friends at Ray Auto. It's Black Friday savings time at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake. As one of the top-selling Chevrolet dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. And all month long, you can save big at Ray Chevy during their Black Friday sales event where you can choose from over 100 Silverados in stock, the perfect tailgating vehicle. And that's not all. You can get 0% financing with $0 downs zero dollar downs and zero payments until 2024. And everyone loves the word free. That's why... This month at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake, you'll have to head soon. Because, I mean, there's, what, three more days left in the month? Time is running out on November. That is true. A free oil change. All you have to do is mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change. It's a Black Friday offer that you don't want to miss, but you have to schedule it by November 30th. So schedule your oil change, a free oil change, by November 30th, and mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change. Or if you show up to Ray Auto and Fox Lake and at their service center, just make sure you mention CHGO uh, before the 30th. Uh, buy with confidence with the Ray Price Promise. They want to do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price lower than you see online. So visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com to get your Black Friday savings. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Also want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. Go get fit in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. I know uh, Kevin is, is I don't know if I don't want to give, I think I saw it in the drafts. I saw Kevin was kind of working on a, a gift guide. Uh, Foco related a lot of cool stuff over at Foco a lot of cool bobbleheads especially for the upcoming holiday so go check out our friends over at Foco uh, they donated a couple of great bobbleheads the TA one and the Southwall one behind us hey we even got the Charlie Brown tree that's cool I brought that this morning you did yeah nice it's my contribution you know to the to the studio for that's Christmas cool. nice work Sarah uh so go show them some love at foco.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For online pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. I also feel rude. I didn't mention Sarah's producing us today. Hi. True. Hi, Sarah. And was born after 1998 as she piped up when I made that, that comment. I was like, that's me. Yeah. I was born in 2000. And you still know who Michael Jordan is. and like, and Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite movies used to be Space Jam. See, there you yeah. go. Hell yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I see, I'm glad Sarah's here because you guys are old as hell. Sarah makes me feel I'm, at least. I don't know if I'm old as Vinny's hell. Not Vinny's not old. Certainly not as old as her. No. <laughs> Were you born before Space Jam? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. We're in the club born post Space Jam. I had it on a VHS, though. That's where I used to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I used to uh, play the CD. Uh, on a boombox in my cousin's basement. Everybody get up. It's, it's time, time to jam now. No, oh, it is. Uh, all right, it's time to open up the mailbags, mailbag too. Uh, let's jump in to the next question. Uh, NATO saying, aside from Otani, oh darn, uh, what offseason acquisitions would legitimately get you excited to watch the 2024 White Sox NATO? So basically, who's your favorite or most exciting player on the free agent market? He really doesn't. I mean, yeah, he can play right field, but Cody Bellinger for me, if they got Cody Bellinger to play right field for them, that would get me very excited. I wanted him last year to take a little uh, trip down to the north side and say, no, you're not going to get him. We're going to get him for a cheap deal. I think it was only $18 million total. I think that would have been a great deal. And this year, I think he's only 28 years old, so he's right at the beginning of his prime. That'll be a no-brainer for anybody to sign Cody Bellinger because I believe he is back from his injury that he uh, had a couple years ago that caused him to be not good with the Dodgers his last two years. I mean, I, I think the answer is just I, I would I would maybe even dial it down a little bit because I think expectations are where they are among the fan base. It doesn't need to necessarily be one of the top five free agents out there in order to generate excitement. It just needs to be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there is someone, be it at catcher or second or in right field or vastly more specifically in the starting rotation who comes in and you're like, that is a lot better than what they had before that person got here. That would do enough, I think, to get people excited. Excited to mean that, you know, excited to the point where everybody's like, thinking they're going to win the division? No. But remember where the expectations are at the moment. This team lost 101 games last year. If you could point to not only short-term but long-term progress with an acquisition, you go get a starting pitcher who you know is going to be here for the next three years, and man, that guy can really be a, a, a good part of getting this team a lot better. I think that does it in terms of just being exciting. A guy who's very good at defense coming in to play shortstop but might not really change, you know, measure on the Richter scale very much. That's not what I would say excitement, even if it is a fine acquisition for where they are. Um, they need to go out and get a clear upgrade, somebody who's much better than what they had before. I think it's very easy to improve over Gavin Sheets. So, well, well but he's not even a starting player. I know. Well, I mean, I guess he is at he the is. moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and real quick, uh, Mike saying this is the typical Reinsdorf tactic. He has no intention of signing Otani, but talking about it until someone actually signs him takes the heat off of the team's surrender. Uh, Mike, just a clue in people who might not be uh, aware. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, unprompted when he spoke in August, said, we are not signing Otani. I think it was the first thing out of his mouth unprompted no one said are you signing Otani he said we are not signing Otani the Reinsdorf tactic is saying we are not in that race no one on this I was gonna say couch three chairs no one in these three chairs thinks that the White Sox are signing Shohei Otani he is just available and it was more of AJ's question of hey if there was a top free agent and this was the exact scenario what would that be like? So yeah, no, don't don't worry. If, uh, if Shohei Otani's not coming to town, you could just we should just record one disclaimer about this episode, and it just needs to be three words long. Search engine optimization. 
And it also, wasn't even that intentional when I did it. Like, too. and also we're not gonna we're not gonna be the people trying to do that. So yes, this is all made up in fiction, guys. Yeah. You gotta go with us. You gotta come with us to imagine the White Sox are an actual team that tries to get big time free agents. I would also suspend belief. Yeah, suspend reality. I also want you guys to use your imagination and. Uh, picture. What was the year, the year when they signed Melky and had uh, him, David Robertson, uh, all, I all line say up? 12, no, 10? 10. Yeah. Was it 10? It was in San Diego. No. I know it was in San Diego when they got all those people when Anyways, they did the winter meetings. I want you to picture the Melky Cabrera, uh, Jeff Samarja, David Robertson offseason. Yeah. Uh, a great offseason it was. I want you guys to picture. We were hyped that this offseason. An offseason with four guys. Mm. All right. You know what would get 14. me excited? 14. 14. Win- December 2014. Go back to December 2014, maybe December 2023, uh, and picture instead of Jeff Samarja, David Robertson, and Melky Cabrera, Michael Walker, Michael Lorenzen, the aforementioned Teoscar Hernandez, and Austin Hedges. Uh, those are all upgrades. No. <laughs> those are all upgrades. I mean, you- Hernandez is. Hernandez is. Yeah, Michael sure. Lorenzen is an upgrade over nobody. That's true. Well, certainly he's an upgrade over nobody. Yeah. Lorenzen and if they got Lorenzen and Hernandez, uh, people should be happy. Those are with those moves. I was, they don't need to be happy that that's where the team is, but those are the moves that the fact are positive. That ended on the worst player, the Austin Hedges one, made me say no. But the, all the three before that, yeah, I'm in. Austin Hedges, I don't know if he's a, he's a great catcher. He's not a good hitter. At all, so give me, give me Corey Lee's gonna need to get some hits then. Give me, give me Austin Nola, so at least we have a chance to say, hey, can we trade your brother here? Can he come here? No, he just. Eventually, signed. I know trade him. That's why you got to trade him. Oh, Herb. But at least he's decent. I think Austin Nola's just as bad. Austin Nola's OPS was a thirty last year. Yeah, he was hurt. Good. That's We're why getting got, a hurt player. Well, then give me Gary <laughs> Sanchez. No Blake Snell. Just Gary Sanchez. I mean, if we're t- I'm just talking catcher. You just I know. I just you ended on Austin Hedges. If, but he if wins. You're improving a, if you're improving defense, that's all that that move is trying to Austin do. Austin Hedges teams win when he's the catcher. Sounds great to me. Um, thank you to uh, Peyton for the super chat, five dollar super chat. Just tell Otani that he'll be playing with the Trace Thompson, and he'll be begging to put on a Sox hat. LOL. They they not tendered him, so the, there's no guarantee. They gotta go sign Trace Thompson. Yeah, it will be tough. Okay. I'm fourth time would be a charm. Fourth time to bring <laughs> Trace Thompson back would be a charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that before. All right. Uh, let's you know the Bulls are going to trade for his brother when his brother's totally washed? Clay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be great. <laughs> Not um, hitting any threes anymore. It will be the uh, – uh, now I'm just trying to think of bad bull signings, and that I can't think of any, which is great. for the Eddie bit. Robinson. I don't even know who the hell that is. Exactly. All right. E-Rob. E robbery. They call him E robbery. <laughs> uh, let's go to Shulo's question, uh, our final one of the mailbag. As we enter the new era of White Sox baseball, what was the highest high and the lowest low of the rebuild years 2016 to 2023? For each of you, thank you, Shulo, for the question. And uh, we just saw that we got our 29th like. Uh, so hit that thumbs up button, even, even though Edwin got clickbaited. I'm so Jeff sorry, Roger. Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> I said Je- 29 for Blackjack. He said Jeff Samarja. It's a Jeff Samarja themed episode. Willie Garcia was 29. <laughs> now we're at Nick Swisher, 30 30 for one year. <laughs> he was calling the Baseball United game. Yeah, he and was. And he made me want to turn it off. He was horrible. Tommy Bahama. Um, to answer <laughs> Anthony's question, I would say 
the Tim Anderson walk-off in the corn game was the high of the whole time. The low. Um, getting somebody shot at a field where guns are not supposed to be inside and no one knowing what's going on is the culmination of this whole 2023 season for me. It's just like, what? Somebody got shot at a baseball game and it's your team that the games that you go to. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty low in a year where you lost 101 games. I think it's hard to get lower than that. And it still hasn't been figured out either. I mean, Herb, Herb is right in, in that the highest point was T.A. Uh, beating the Yankees in the Field of Dreams game. Um, I would also submit, even though it was before they quote-unquote took off briefly, uh, Aloy hitting the game-winning homer at Wrigley Field, the, oh. the thanks Cubs moment, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, that was, was among the highs as well. Um, and certainly you can put T.A.'s bat flip in there, too, uh, if you want to go all the way back to that. We're talking about the Royals one or the Tigers one? The Royals one. Okay. Um, the low point is August 2023 and all that it entailed. Uh, you know, I mean, it started with the trade deadline and everybody getting traded and all the bad vibes that were there. It was, you know, continued with Keenan Middleton talking about everything that was going wrong. T.A. getting punched in the face by Jose Ramirez. Uh Obviously, what you said has nothing to do with baseball and nothing to do with the trajectory of a rebuild. But, man, it was there. The whole Jerry reportedly wanting to move the team to Nashville, which he said is not true. But uh, that was thrown all in there. Uh, it was just all all bad. And then, of course, before that month before that month was even over, they fired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and hired Chris Getz. Not that that is necessarily a negative, but just that they decided to start completely over again. Um that was that was the the actual end of that of that story and uh that month was just insane and it will remain insane forever uh you know the low point they were they were bad before then obviously you know the that that this season was lost they needed to change direction before the calendar turned to august but boy uh everything that happened in that month was just was just uh cratering i'd even contend april i mean yeah. obviously it started off well with the the houston series we split with houston yay uh and then woof uh andrew vaughn thankfully uh hit a walk-off grand slam and they thankfully came back down eight runs uh but yeah what going seven and 21 to start 2023 was just kind of a sure sign that it was over um maybe it's not over if you're playing in the al central but whatever uh the highest to high though Luis Robert Jr.'s homer in game three of the wild card because they had the lead and they could have gone to the next round of the playoffs. I mean, they ended up taking a 3 nothing lead and then uh, Oakland takes a, a four-run lead in the fourth. But the White Sox were in position to advance in the playoffs in 2020. This wasn't just a Leary homer that won them a game against Houston. They were in the driver's seat, and they just didn't have the pitching to get them to the next level. And, and and it sucks. Like And, and they... I mean, what, Dane Dunning makes the start? <laughs> like, quickly removed. Uh, Evan Marshall pitches in the game, and I think he gets the well, loss. Them and nine other guys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Crochet got hurt in yes, that game. Yes, Crochet gets hurt in that game. Aloy got hurt in that game, um, just, I believe. Just brutal. Uh, Rodon pitches in the game, too. He faced he didn't three batters. Anything, yeah. uh, just, just horrendous. Uh, so I I think the highest of high was that moment where I took my my headphones with watching you with it you in the uh, score studios yeah. and I literally spiked it. Wouldn't you think that more would be the Lucas Giolito performance in Game One, 
that put you on the precipice of advancing to the next game? Because he was a beast that day, and no one was hitting him that day, no matter what team was out there. I mean, I guess, but, like, you know, that only got – like, that – I mean, they – in the game-clinching game, they had a lead. I mean – Luis Robert Jr. was coming to a, a, a superstar before our eyes, hitting a 480-foot f- uh, home run off Mike Fires. Like, I, I get your point. Like, that was a greater moment, maybe, a greater game, because they ended up winning. But, like, the highest of high, I have not felt any better than when Robert hits that homer in game three. Well, and I think I think the, the comment there that says never any consistency is the truth, right? Because it's not like they went this way and then down. It was just... You know, it was this the whole way through. If you want to talk about 2020, you know, man, this team looks fun. You're talking about all the, the good things that happened in that playoff series. But remember how remember how miserable that last week was for them of the regular season, oh. that trip to Cleveland where they're blowing games left and right. You know, you go on to 2021, they won the division. That that should be the highest of high. That a year they win the division, the year the TA uh, Field of Dreams walk-off. But that year was defined by the fact that everybody was hurt for the first half-plus of the season. Um, you know, you get to 22 and 23, and, and there are there are good things bad things it was it it wasn't this it wasn't just this climb not even to very high obviously because they never made it past the first round of the playoffs but it wasn't a climb and then a gradual fall it was just a lot of chaos and then right off a cliff there uh here in in 2023 Hmm. it's depressing man (laughs) Sad, but remember the remember the good. Remember the positive things that we were just talking about. Twenty twenty three isn't over. That's true. I would contend if they trade Cease before the end of the year, that would be my lowest low. That's what I wrote. Hey, that's how. That's how when when Jason left to go to the uh, Mm. Tigers, uh, that's what I wrote. Is that Sox fans are having the 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 year from hell that just will not end. And uh, and I think in there somewhere, I'm like, hey. Still another month left. Oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> oh, God. See, I would think that Chris Getz and his staff would feel like you. We're going to hold on to this dude unless we're blown away. And so hopefully they're smart like that and they feel like the only way they're giving Dylan Cease away is that they're getting such a great piece back, pieces back that – it was an undeniable deal that we had to do. It seems like they're waiting, though. Like, I mean, it, 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 but like, it seems like they have so many needs, as we've laid out, right field, possibly starting second baseman, if you don't believe Nicky Lopez is that guy, and maybe he's just a bench utility guy, uh, catcher, uh, as many starters and pitchers that you can, or relievers that you can find. It feels like you should be more active if you were actually trying to contend, and it doesn't seem like they're efforts right now are on contending it's on rebuilding and unloading seas the they, would say the white Sox in the catbird seat they let people come to them they're not i don't think they're actively shopping dylan cease they don't they're not going out and say, hey man doing, doing this they're letting teams come to them we're open for business but bring your best deal dodgers braves orioles what you got and compete amongst yourselves if they were going and picking off pitchers and like signing them in minor league deals right now and stuff like that and trying to shape out like the depth that. like there's, There's time to do time that, to do but that. I mean, like, right now is the best time when all of the guys are available. No. I, I mean, you'd assume it's, that Bannister would have targets that the they'd be attacking. Of, it's the opposite of what I wanted them to do last year. Remember when they – and then he's a major league pitcher. When they jumped the market to sign Mike Clevenger, they felt they wanted to get him. Now, Bannister might still have those people's names, but those people are also looking for major league deals right now. They still have their mind like, oh, somebody can give me a major league invite and I can make that team until, like, January comes. They're like, mm, 
That's not happening. And, and all, then the, and, they start doing it. And all those guys are waiting for the big guys to sign because teams need teams need to sign Aaron Nola, which has already happened, sign uh, Blake Sm- Snell, sign Yamamoto. They need to get those guys off the board first so then the teams are standing there and saying, all right, who can we go get? The Cardinals did a phenomenal job of jumping that market. It costs them in, in, in dollars in, in, in going to get Sonny Gray, but they get two other guys too. You, you know, teams that are looking to fill actual holes are going to have to overpay for that. Are the White Sox going to sit here and go, well, guy that might be a reclamation project, we're going to throw X million dollars at you right now just because we want you on the team today instead of three months from now when we can maybe sign you to a minor league contract. I guess. I mean, that just seems like a lot of, I don't know. If, if you feel like that you have a guy, I feel like you should just. If that guy was available, he would be a major leaguer. Huh? If you're saying sign these people to minor league deals. No, I'm, I'm saying do anything. Like, uh, like hey, sign them to a minor league deal. Sign them to a major league deal. I don't care. Sign saying, somebody. But That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, I'm saying if that? you have targets, why aren't you, if like, I don't know. I feel like Brian Bannister, the whole point is that like. All I'm trying to say is it doesn't seem like that's their effort right now. Their effort seems to be let's trade Dylan Cease, which yeah. is just – That's well, probably priority number one. Well, whether it is or isn't, happen. it's just all you're hearing about yeah. because it's interesting. You know what I mean? I don't know if the national reporters are out there being like, hey, a lot of fire, a lot of smoke around this guy who might get a minor league contract from the White Sox. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they signed DeYoung, and we're expecting that to be official at some point in the next coming days. Like, like it, it – I mean, it's not like that's moving early. I mean, yeah, no, doing like, anything before the winter meetings to me counts as moving on something early. Mm-hmm. Well, be, all right, what, what, <laughs> I would welcome more aggressive behavior from the Sox. That's all. Uh, do you have to do a diehard read? A little black I do. Friday read. I just wanted to let everybody know that I, if you look at the hat on Sean's head, I went to the CHGO locker over at allchgo.com and purchased one for myself. Oh. Isn't that exciting? So you'll see me wearing it soon in the future. But those hats, those are part of the big CHGO Black Friday sale that we've got going on. Today is the last day to do that here on Cyber Monday. Absolutely. Those hats, uh, as well as all the hoodies uh, that, that folks around here wear, are $10 off. But there's even bigger savings to be had. To shirts are up to 90% off. Sean mentioned something about a $3 Dylan C shirt earlier. That's How it. about that? Uh, team gear is at least 20% off. CHGO gear is 33% off. And how about this? If you spend $75 or more, you'll receive a $15 gift card. Plus, there's more. So just go on over to that CHGO locker. And remember, too, if you're a CHGO diehard, you'll all Always get discounted merchandise. Uh, but of course, today is Cyber Monday. Uh, you got a few hours left to go get savings on all the stuff, all the fine products we offer over there. Absolutely. And uh, I know there's new stuff like glasses. I, th- I know Sarah. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the pint glasses. Those look nice. Uh, uh, how about that new Bears shirt right there? Well, sweatshirt action, too. How about it? Look at so, that. So the pride in joy. There's pint glasses for all the teams here, too. All the teams. Yeah, there's. Yeah, yeah, you guys got a socks for it. Yeah. cup. Yeah. Uh, so go check out chgolocker.com. Even us. We're all we're one of all the teams. I know, but I mean, make nice uh, stocking stuffers. A lot of Cubs fans uh, in, in the chat today uh, getting real puffy chested that the White Sox are even mentioning Shohei Otani in their headlines. So uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, it's, you know, the White Sox still exist. I, I hate to say it. The White Sox still exist. Um, real quick, I don't really know why I'm doing this, Herb, but mm-hmm. like even the Clevenger thing, like the reason that became a bad signing was because what came out in December, mm-hmm. in January. In November, in the moment, 
I, 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 that's not a bad signing. They signed a picture for 103 in, 130 innings and gave him a 118 ERA plus. It got obviously big disclaimer. Take aside what happened in December and January, he still pitched for the White Sox in 2023, and that wasn't a bad signing. It's just that that was the only signing they made in a win now era. It was that and Benatendi. Those signings sucked. If you want to throw Elvis Andrews, who they waited on, uh, too. Like th- those were the three moves of their 2023 win now offseason. Just pathetic. I got you. But like as the, I said before, it's not who they signed necessarily. At the time, didn't know anything about Mark Clevenger, Mike Clevenger's off-the-field stuff. But also, I knew uh, how he did in San Diego the years before, prior. It's just the player that they signed wasn't of that ilk to go and jump the market for. They could have had him in January. Or a player like him, like you are just talking about with Michael Waka, is the same type of player. So, you know, jumping the market for a player that could be signed later is the wrong thing for me. It's, it's value. You, you, know, you don't pick the number – like you get the Bears get the number one pick. Do they pick a defensive tackle even though they need one? No. They pick the best player or they trade out of that position and get a lower place so they but, can get more value for the pick that they have. But, Herb, it's not your money, so what do you care when they, what, how much they spend when they spend it? Because I know that they have a limited amount of money to spend. But last so, year they spent that money on Mike Clevenger and then went and sp- – Spent the most money they've ever had on a free agent, and they spend, yeah, but they, but they spend all bad they spend. money after bad money. I mean, what, what that was? How much total did they spend? Eight on Clavenger. No, I'm, my point is that if if you nineteen million if, on those three, if free you agents. identify if if you identify a guy you want and you go get him in November, yeah, that's a job well done. I, I, I even I'm if agree, they, yes. even if no, even if us sitting here don't think the signing was a good one, they did exactly what they wanted to do. What, how so is, good yeah, for them. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> why jumping the market for a guy who was above average was a bad signing. The, the, the reason why it was a bad signing was because of his behavior. But like Alleged. the actual, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I thought his. I thought his. He is not the player to do that. I get what you guys are saying. If you've you know, identified a player that is your player. Go and don't waste any time, but that's a top of the market person. If you identify a bottom, middle to bottom of the market person, wait, wait until that market settles. That's the Adam Eaton move again, again. They spent eight million. The Adam Eaton move wasn't bad though. The, the Adam Eaton move was bad because they didn't give Jock what he wanted. They didn't wait. That's what I'm saying. Like you wait. No one's checking for Adam Eaton. No one's really checking for Mike Clevenger. It seems like they're waiting. So, I mean, and I you tell me what deal Mike Clevenger's going to sign this offseason. I don't know. I don't care. Exactly. Um, you don't have to jump the market for middle tier people. Jump the market for Shoei. Jump right. the market for Sonny Gray, like the Cardinals did. That would have been a good market jumper. You didn't even want to sign Sonny Gray. I didn't. But if they would have jumped the market for him, like, hey, that's the move you could do. That's a good move. And $25 million, while I think it's overpayment, congratulations, Sonny Gray. You finessed the market, and you've done a good job. Well, and that dude went through a ton. I mean, so many injuries. So, I mean, good for him to get and paid. As somebody said earlier, it's like, Blake Snell is at the house like, baby, awesome. Get your money, Sonny Gray. I love 5. it. 5.4 K I per nine, or it. walk per nine. <laughs> I uh, love it. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ectorwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Uh, how many people we got watching still? It was 
46. Nice. We still got, uh, you know, the ability to max out on likes. So if you are still hanging around, if you are chatting in the, the comments, make sure you hit the thumbs up button on your way out and subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We got uh, a ton of Bears coverage coming tonight for the Monday Night Football game between the Bears and the Vikings. So stick tuned for our CHGO Bears coverage a Check little it out. later we're, on. We're at Aaron Bummer Likes. Oh, there you go. Perfect time to end it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Or maybe we wait for Ronaldo Lopez and I can share all my fun Ronaldo Lopez starter stats. We'll be here another hour. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Goodbye. Well, I won't. We all city like the mayor. 